You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 244. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 244. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. And we're back. 921 in the AM. 945 in the AM. Folks, real special guest here this morning. Dirty Dad, the garbage man. Z105's newest DJ is here. Hey, soccer teams, what's up? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even already. Ooh, coming to you live from the Joy Junkie Studios. <laughs> Got a great podcast for you today, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my word. Welcome, welcome everybody to the podcast today. We've got a cool love topic. As you may know, March is Relationship Month over here oh. in TJJS. And <laughs> we've never done an acronym for it before. No, we haven't. Well, there you go. First time for everything. And <laughs> this entire month on the podcast and also in my private Facebook group, we are talking all things relationship. Now, before you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm single or I'm not interested in dating or I'm going through a divorce or whatever it might be, please know that all of these topics can be applied to other interpersonal relationships like siblings or colleagues Mm -hmm. or best friends or family. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of these concepts may not be – I mean, obviously, you're not going to be discussing your sex life with your best friend. Like, you know, it's not going to be those sorts of intimate things. But it could be having really challenging conversations with your best friend about a topic that's equally as challenging, like sex conversations in your intimate partnership, if that makes sense. So – I don't know. It could. You don't – you're not sure? No, it could. Like your best friend. I don't know. It happens. <laughs> yeah, if you're polyamorous and you're yeah. <laughs> anyway. No judgment. No judgment. But we're gonna talk about today why love is not all you need. Oh. I think that there's a lot of So John Lennon had it wrong. I'm I'm afraid so. Mm. And when I've said this before, people go like I don't think that's the what they're talking about. And get all pissed like Beatles fans. And I'm like, calm down. It's just a concept. But I'm going to talk about some of the romanticized ideas about why we think, oh, if we are soulfully connected or really great sexual chemistry with somebody, then that must be it. You know, that must be everything. And I'm going to talk about why that's not the case, and then the things that you can do in order to foster a really, really rich relationship. Uh-huh. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Fun. So you have a little segment that gets us going and gets the mics warmed up. Yeah, what do we call it? It's a little segment we like to call... Would you rather... Yes, we do. And today's fits right into the topic. Does it? And I didn't even plan it. You are... See... Seamless. Seamless. Just seamless. (laughs) Would you rather 
marry someone who doesn't love you or marry someone you do not love. Oh, my god! Remember, gosh. this is a would you rather. So you have two options. I don't want to hear you guys <laughs> popping off about <laughs> how you would never do something like that. It's just a would you rather. People are it popping makes- off. <laughs> Folks want to pop off and have opinions about uh, what they think they would do. Present a specific plan. Just makes you think. It's a make you thinker. I know. Okay, so what he's referring to is in that private Facebook group that I have, it's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. And you can very easily get over there by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It will redirect you right over to the the group. And every Monday, we discuss the would you rather. And it's fun to hear everybody's rationale around things. But every once in a while, people go like, neither one. And Mr. Smith's like, that's, that's not an option. That's not how this works. Like, just gets, that's not how any of this he works. He just gets all pissed off. So you will have to pick one if you go over yes. there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Marry someone who doesn't love you or marry someone you do not love. Oh, my God. Half of one, six dozen of the other. They're, or, they're both horrible. Half a dozen. Whatever. How the, however the hell that statement goes. Marry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love how I just ignored you? I was like, whatever. Six dozen of the other. Wait a minute. Just blobbing over there. (laughs) Blabbing over there. I'll just ignore you. I just totally ignored (laughs) I think, oh gosh, I think I would rather not love them. Really? I think I'm in the same boat. I think I would rather not love them. I am just wildly sensitive and I can't imagine loving somebody so intensely and not having it be reciprocal. Yeah. I think it would destroy me. I'd almost rather show up for somebody selflessly yeah. and like be what they need and ha- allow them to be in love with like I'd rather choose a life of sacrifice, I think in that regard. Yeah. I just cannot imagine the opposite. Like I think I would just be destroyed. I would I think I would try to nurture my other relationships as best I can to be fulfilled. Of course you would. (laughs) Don't talk down to me. I'm not talking down. I know you. Well, so you, you would pick the same thing. I would. And what's your, is your reasoning the same or? Yeah. I, it would just hurt my heart so much to be in love with someone. Yeah. You know, like when I was a kid, Bo Derek was my thing, you know, and I just thought (laughs) there's no way that she doesn't love me too. But if I knew that she didn't, like if I conceptually knew that she didn't, but in, I'm trying to rationalize this whole conversation. I I just think that it would be better to have the love of someone and be able to kind of be complacent with them instead of going the other way around. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough call though. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But yeah, I think that's that's what I would pick. And we would love to hear what you would rather. So again, like I said, go cruise over to the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. You can find the link in the show notes. And every single Thursday, we do, well, I do, a and Slay video <laughs> where I answer questions that have come up from the group that week. So if you have stuff that you really want specific advice on or here's a specific scenario that I need some assistance on, you can throw the questions in there and it's highly likely that it'll get addressed on the Q and Slay video, which those as well are being focused a little bit more around relationships and stuff, being that it's relationship month. Exactly. After Valentine's Day, it's time to put in the hard work in March, right? That's right. This is all the shit that chocolates (laughs) and and little lame teddy bears that get stuffed into the closet can't actually perform in your relationship. Hashtag dead flowers. (laughs) 
it just Mr. Smith just talking? <laughs> Maybe oh, I'm in my own world today. You're in your own world. I really am. I'm totally I think I'm, ignoring you. I'm <laughs> I'm channeling my inner 80 year old today. Oh yes, you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're not going to elaborate on that one. <laughs> Let's move into why love is not all you need. And I want to just give a quick little snippet for those of you who know that this is a topic and an area that you really, really need to place some attention in. And perhaps you've been running on autopilot. Perhaps the kids get all the attention or your career gets all the attention. And you know you need to make some shifts in your relationship, but it's scary as all hell and you have no idea where to start. Well, my friends... I am bursting at the seams excited because coming in April, I will be teaching for the first time in years a relationship course. A relationship course. Yeah. Ah, I've been doing all this research on it. I'm thrilled to bring a lot of the communication tactics and things that you and I have employed over the last two decades Mm -hmm. that are actually really rooted in science and how we thrive in relationship and how we actually get our message through to other people. I believe in science. How we're I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. <laughs> how yes. Okay. Yes. How yes. we are heard by other people. And if you want to be the first to know about this course when it becomes available, go to the joyjunkie.com slash relationship. I have that link in the show notes as well. And there will be a preliminary sale just to the people on that list where you will get all the extra bonuses and expert calls and coupon codes and all of that good stuff. But if you know, it's like, God, I cannot continue on this trajectory of this relationship for five more years. If we yeah. stay the fucking same way, I can't. Right. I can't even. Then at least get your name on that list so you can hear all about it and see if it's a good fit for you. All right. So love is not all you need. And I'll tell you two major reasons why. First of all, love can absolutely be blind. And it is an element of denial or ignoring. So it's ways in which you aren't necessarily getting your needs met or ways that your partner is failing you in certain ways. Perhaps it's because you haven't even spoken up about what you need, but we kind of just ignore it or we kind of think, oh, we'll deal with that later. It's very easy to put the kids first and the career first and the house first Mm -hmm. and all these other things. And so we kind of turn a blind eye to our relationship and we wonder why it's not thriving or we wonder why we haven't had sex in four months or. And you uh, end up in a would you rather question like mine today. Oh, it does get better. You guys So just just stick with us. (laughs) But if you think about this whole concept, have you ever been in a situation where you ended a relationship, you had a breakup and Hindsight was twenty twenty, right? And mm-hmm. you look back and you go, what was I thinking? How could I have allowed her to say these things to me? Or how could I have thought that that was an acceptable way for him to behave? Or how how could I have just allowed her to get under my skin in this way? Or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. You have such a more crystallized view of what happened in that relationship when you're outside of it. So when you're in it, A lot of times that love that you have has you a little bit blinded, a little bit in denial, and a little bit up for ignoring red flags. Yeah. So obviously, love is going to have us 
really rooting for the other person. This happens a lot of times with sibling relationships or best friends or colleagues where we really want them to come through. We want something bigger for them. We want them to magically be what we need. So we kind of allow them to fuck up more often than we're willing to actually address. Give it some leeway, yeah. Ultimately, we want them to come through, right? So if you have a tough conversation with a partner and you say, you know, these are some of the things that I really want worked on and they're like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll work on it. We want to believe that. We want to believe that that's going to happen. We want to believe that that's enough. We are always rooting for our partner to come through for us for the most part. Sure, of course. And we do the same thing like with if you've ever had an addict in the family. Mm -hmm. You're rooting for them to get clean. You're rooting for them to follow through on what they say they are going to do. And it's what keeps us locked in unhappy relationships, whether it's intimate partnerships or otherwise. The other thing that I think can lead to love being blind is where we hang on to false hope. And I'm going to put a link to a podcast that we did ages ago called Why Hope is a Four-Letter Word. And what that does, and essentially what I'm talking about in that podcast, which I highly suggest if you find yourself in this category, is where we kind of hang on to the notion or the potential of what somebody could be or what the relationship could be instead of actually putting effort into it. Instead of really talking through things or having hardline boundaries, we just kind of hope it's going to get better. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You looked a little confused there for a second. No, I get it. I get I totally understand. And it's where, you know, it's something like, well, I really hope that one day I'm going to get out of this job. Or I really hope one day we're going to move to the area and, and you don't have any plans for it. Mm-hmm. You haven't done the hard work. You don't map out an agenda. It's the same is true in our relationships where we just go, well, I hope one day we'll start having sex again, Yeah, <laughs> even though we have had this big dry spell. I think it connected for me because in my own life, but also in my clients, I noticed that they're just waiting for me to get them to where they need to be. And they really don't want to assume any of the responsibility of it. That's right. So until you start taking the responsibility of it and taking action on those, that's the only time that it really starts to click. That's right. And go on all cylinders is when you're actually aware yep. and uh, making those changes that need to happen in order to help you become more physically fit or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the rub with... Do you see what I did there? Massage. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. So here's the rub with that is it's funny, and and I could probably <laughs> I could probably hear you guys in your car or doing your on your elliptical or doing your dishes or whatever, going, yeah, that's great, Amy, but how, 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 how? And that's one of the reasons why I'm so compelled to teach this course because there is a shortage of people really knowing how to have challenging conversations, how to approach their spouse, yes. maybe communicates in a completely different way, who has a different love language, who has different goals and ambitions. It's kind of what your book is about too, right? That's right. The the forthcoming book, yes, which you will definitely hear about ad nauseum when it comes out. But that's one of the major pieces is, okay, Amy, I get it that I'm holding on to false hope. I get it that I'm avoiding. I'm getting it that I am a little bit blinded. But now what? Yeah. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but more in depth in After Hours through the Q&A and hugely in depth in the relationship course coming up. So again, if you want to be on that list, 
go to thejoyjunkie.com slash relationship and you will be the first to hear about all the goods. The second reason, one of the reasons why love is not all you need is because sometimes soulmates are toxic for one another. This has everything to do with your spirit or your soul being intimately connected with another person, but that's about all that's connected. And your individual maturities don't allow you to come together and collaborate on all the other elements that have to be present in order to have a healthy relationship. Hmm. Okay. In fact, I was scouring the internet trying to find a specific quote and I could not find it. But I remember reading, I thought it was a quote from Madonna from her sex book and I couldn't find it. So perhaps I'm mistaken. But it was something about how we spend such a fraction of our lives in bed, like, you know, sexually active, essentially. So right. if we're looking at a pie graph of our relationship, maybe 2% of that is actually spent having sex. Right. Right. So even though that piece may be really rich or really electric or really connected, now you have this other huge area of that pie graph, like 98%. I'm making those up, so please don't quote me. You have all this other area of your life that is not congruent. And then we get caught up in, and it's very scientific, it's chemical releases, right, in our body. We think that because that piece is so magical and so connected that we should be able to read each other's minds. We should be able to communicate. We should be able to grow together and individually. And that oftentimes is not the case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So just because you have that sexual chemistry or compatibility, that doesn't say anything about your relationship maturity. Yeah. You know, sex is a big portion, even though it takes up a small portion of the pie graph. Yes. I think it's an important part of a relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It helps us stay connected. It, it, I mean, there's a lot of things that it provides for us. But yeah. I think putting a lot of all of your attention, just like in the Wheel of Life, putting all your attention into, uh, you know, one small category and negating the rest you know, the wagon wheel doesn't get very circular. We're, right, it's we, not for a smooth ride. Yeah, it's not making for a smooth ride. So balancing out those other pieces with the sex or, or you know, deciding whether or not those things are deal killers. Right. Are, is important. That's exactly true. And, you know, you've often said, you know, when if we haven't had sex for like two weeks or something like that, you're like, I need to connect with you. Yeah. Like it is a means and we'll say connect and use that word because it really is a huge piece of that. And we can tell if we start to get, we'll start, both of us will start to get a little cranky and snappy mm-hmm. at each other. And then we'll, we'll, it'll like dawn on us. And we're like, oh, we need to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> we're like, wait a minute. How long? Oh, it's been like a week and a half or something like that. We try to be really vigilant about that. And we'll talk about that a lot throughout the month and considerably in the course about differences of sexual drive, differences in sexual response too. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get too terribly into that today. But what I want you to hear is a lot of times people get caught up in this idea that if we have that physical connection, then it must be the right answer. Everything else will pan out. 
And it might not. It has everything to do with the maturity level of the individuals in that relationship. Sure. And their willingness to own their shit and actively communicate. Okay, so we've got two major areas why love is not all you need. But let's talk about what you actually do need in a relationship in order for it to thrive. Because that's what that's what we all want, right? First of all, you absolutely have to have mutual respect. Yeah. This one is huge. Now, let me give you a couple of examples of how that shows up. Respecting each other's time. We're going to talk a lot about communication, but I find oftentimes there's a couple of ways that communication gets derailed and it's a complete respect issue. One of them is when you're ready to talk and your partner's not and you don't respect their time, that they might be doing something else that they need to be doing. They might be exhausted from their job and you feel like I want to talk. I want to resolve this thing. So I don't care what they're doing. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to make them talk right now. That's disrespectful. And it's also futile. That's right. Because what you're wanting as an outcome is not going to happen. It's not effective. One of the other ways that this shows up is with conflict resolution. When you have entered into an argument or a fight and one person wants to table it and like, let's talk about this after we've calmed down and the other person wants to resolve it right now. No, no, I want to fucking hear what you have to say. And you're both in this really intense, heated emotion. That's also disrespectful to not pay attention to what the other person needs as well. Yeah. It's enveloped in every area of our lives. So I want you to think about how you are approaching your partner and think about if it is a respectful, courtesy sort of behavior that you're employing. Hmm. And really look for those elements of what you want in return and are you embodying that? A lot of times I'll say, be the partner you want to attract. Be the partner you want to attract. Be the friend you want to attract. A lot of times we are asking more from our partner than what we are willing to do and be. So you have to show up in a more powerful way in order to elicit that response from them. Oh, yeah. Or in order to walk away knowing you did everything you could do. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's a huge piece of it. Number two, one of the things that you absolutely have to have in order to have a thriving relationship is constant maintenance. This is why I was talking about at the beginning of the show how we allow all these other things to become really important in our life. Kids, work, the house, whatever. And we are like, oh my gosh, I haven't had sex with my partner in four months or we haven't gone on a date or I honestly don't even know what they're, what's going on in their life. You haven't made the relationship important. You've heard me say this a million times. Get it on the fucking calendar. That's why it's important that you're dating regularly, that you are having sex regularly, and that it is paramount, that it's important to you. Everything else is going to seem more important. Your work is going to seem more important. The kids are going to seem more. All of that stuff will present itself as an emergency. It comes wrapped in an emergent package. However, the thing that you probably want the most, which is a rich connection with that partner of yours, you actually have to put some elbow grease in that. You have Mm -hmm. to set aside some time. One of the other major pieces of maintenance, and we'll again be talking about this throughout the month and also in the after hours videos, 
daily connection, shared meaning. A lot of times we think, oh, we just need this huge, big vacation to Cabo or Italy or something like that to connect. Or we need this, we need to start seeing therapy or, you know, going to therapy or we need these big, big things. And what we know that is rooted in science and psychology is that daily shared connections, daily leaning into one another is so much more influential into the grand scope of how powerful and how connected your relationship is than anything else that you can do. Leaning towards each other. If you're, if you are also doing things like, okay, love you. Bye. No, that's not connected. Like have a connected time where you kiss each other goodbye. It could be a matter of like 15 seconds where you lock eyes, you wish each other well, and you have, you say, you know, have an amazing day, but it's being conscious. It's being connected. We do little things of, of shared connection throughout our entire day. One of them we mentioned last week which I highly suggest you listen through to episode 243. There's also some great journaling, free journaling oh, sheets right. with that episode that'll help you figure out some of the areas that might be more applicable to you. The daily maintenance, the shared connection, one of the things that that we do is all of our text correspondence is something kind, is something lovely. Yes. We almost always have a pet name for each other. We change up <laughs> our pet names all the time. Which is quite fun. And we'll start calling each other new little lovely names. That is a way of creating shared meaning, shared connection. We have matching mugs every single morning. We haven't talked about this actually for a long time. But one of the pieces of connection that we have fostered throughout the years is to, on all of our travels, we pick up some sort of matching mugs. So they are representatives of really fun, beautiful times. Like right now I'm looking at the mugs we had today and we got them at the Renaissance Fair probably like 10, that 12 was, years ago. It wasn't quite, I don't think it was that long ago, was it? I'm thinking of what my hair looks like. <laughs> and I'm like, that was pretty fucking long ago. It, anyway. It was, yeah, at least eight years ago. And what that is, before you just go, yeah, yeah, whatever. What that is, is really similar to when you hear your song and you go, oh, babe, it's our song. It's yeah. shared Meaning there's an intimate connection there. And those things compounded upon one another day after day after day that have become habitual. Now you are living in permanent connection. That's why it matters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you can start living in permanent connection and it takes maintenance. So a lot of times I'll say, you know, it's like having, you know, falling in love, like having this beautiful relationship. And this is what I would kind of constitute the honeymoon phase, right? Is like having this gorgeous, beautiful plant. And it has Mm -hmm. all of these flowers that are sprouting off and it's thriving and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful. And maybe it's easy to water and it's easy to fertilize the soil. And then other things start coming into your life. And you slowly start forgetting to water the plant or you forget to tend to the soil or you don't give it any growth stuff or you don't trim back the leaves. What happens? It fucking dies. It doesn't matter how gorgeous it was to begin with. It it becomes a wild mess. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter how gorgeous it was to begin with. That's why 
just being soulmates or having a rich connection at the beginning will not give you longevity in your relationship. You have to maintain. And that happens on a day in and day out basis. Now, that being said, if you've gotten to a point where you've neglected that plant for years and years and years, it's going to take a shit ton of effort to revitalize that plant. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it's beyond repair and you have to go get a fucking new plant. (laughs) Let's hope that's not the case. But (laughs) if you are able to revive and you are able to consistently water that plant every day, it's just a minimal effort, right? It's not like reviving the whole thing. It's just, let me just water this a little bit. Let me just tend the soil a little bit today. Let me just trim a couple of buds off today or whatever. Then that amount of effort becomes habitual and it's super easy. And then magically, you have this gorgeous plant that thrives all year round, every single day, all the time, because it's a part of your life to tend to that plant. That is exactly what happens in relationships. Hmm. Yeah, that is right. Okay, so number one, mutual respect. Number two, maintenance, daily connection and shared meaning. Number three, mutual growth. This is individually and together. This is incredibly important. And this can also be one of the major pieces that drives partners away from each other where one person really gets involved in growing as a person and the other person isn't interested in that. It can happen if one person finds a specific religion or philosophy that they want to follow and now it feels in direct opposition to their partner. Those can be really challenging. And in fact, I remember when I started getting involved in personal development, God, like 15 years ago, I was all excited about everything I was learning and, oh my God, negative self-talk, I can change it and blah, blah, blah. And I remember you coming to me and saying, I feel like you're growing too fast for me. Yeah, I remember that. What if you leave me in the dust? Now, one of the reasons why I think that was such a pivotal moment was because you were vulnerable enough to say, I'm scared that I'm falling short Mm -hmm. and actually being vocal about it. Most couples don't do that. Most people just make the other person wrong. They make fun of you. They say, why are you into that? That's dumb. When really what's happening is insecurity. Yeah. And there's ways to overcome that. Again, why I think you should jump into the course with me coming up in April. But at least get your name on the list. So many reasons. So many reasons, all right? So (laughs) so right. So many. (laughs) Mutual growth, both individually and together. And there's ways to do that in a really mutually beneficial way and a way to approach it. That's what I think people don't know how to do. I see this a lot of times too, when people get really involved in personal development, they want to force it on their partner and they come across almost from an elitist place. And I did that too. Sure. Where you were like, stop coaching me. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I'm acting like I know what you need. Right. We talked about that a little bit last week. Like, oh, I know what you need. You need this. And you need to start talking kindly to yourself. And you need to da-da. And instead of offering and inviting, we start prescribing. Yeah. Yeah. This worked for me, so I'm going to force it on you. We see it in all the retreats we do. We talk about reentry. When you go back to your families and you want to become a theologian about, you know, and an advocate about all of this work, please know it's like you joined an MLM. Not everybody wants to check out your opportunity. (laughs) 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 Not everybody's interested in your high-priced fucking leggings and eye creams. (laughs) So be aware that just because you're passionate and you're growing, there's a very soft way to offer and invite that to somebody instead of prescribing it or Mm -hmm coming from a condescension. And again, more on that in the future as well. Number four, kindness. Just straight up 
nice, being kind to one another in everything that you do and say. Even if you're furious, like, I am so upset right now and I don't want to say things I don't mean. I'm leaving. I'm, I, I'm, I, I need to go for a drive. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here or whatever. At least even being kind with your boundaries. We talked about this a bit last week as well. So please go back and listen to that. We talk about when you lose your niceties and how if somebody were to overhear you engaging with your partner, would they have any idea that you're in love? Right. Would they have any idea that you don't hate one another's guts? I think that for a lot of people, if that resentment has already been, you know, a a big part of the relationship, if it's built up to a point, it's, it's a difficult process to start wanting to show that gratitude and kindness. That's absolutely right. It, it's a tough hurdle to get over. But it starts, like you said, with I think it was number two or three, with the little small things, right? Those little small things are what got you to that resentful place. That's right. So it's the little things that are going to get you back. Yes. You know what I mean? Well said, babe. That is absolutely true. Well, thank I, you. I'm not asking you to get in your sexiest lingerie and put, you know, flower petals all over the bed and shit right. like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you never say anything kind to your partner and they look really nice to just say that. Like, you look really nice today. I don't get me wrong. Those other things are nice, too. <laughs> Says the man who hates <laughs> lingerie. <laughs> no, I just mean like the big things are important, too. But you have to start with the little things because the big things won't be as meaningful. Exactly. Yeah. And I I really love that you brought this up because it is about a baby step. It is about the tiniest little thing that you can say that you can be bought into. Like, thank you so much for taking out the trash, even if you're furious about everything else. (laughs) Right, right, right. One thing that you can be grateful for, because here's what happens. I believe it's actually called stonewalling, where you're like, not me first, you first. You be Mm. nice first. And then what happens is you've got two people who refuse to connect. Right. And we go, well, why should I? Why should I? And you operate from this place of tit for tat. And how's that working, my friend? That's what I want you to see. That's not fucking working. Are you justified in being pissed or feeling hurt? Of course. Yeah. And the way you're communicating is also not working. So we need to start shifting that in some way. But you're entitled just the same way that the other person is. Exactly. Yeah everybody's allowed to feel how they feel, which then leads us to number five, communication. Communicado. If I had to sum up (laughs) what this relationship course is going to be about when we jump into it next month, I would say it is 100% primarily focused on communication. What to say, how to say things, how to broach challenging topics, how to phrase things. People always go, how do I say this? I'm like, you tell them exactly what you just told me. Yeah. You know, most of the time we try to wrap it up in some sort of crazy package <laughs> instead of just saying, dude, this is hard for me to say. <laughs> right. So we're right. going to talk all about that. But you absolutely have to have communication. So that's why, to my point just a second ago, you don't get to say, oh, no, you first. I'm going to wait until you say nice things to me or until you start being romantic and doing the things I've asked of you. Then I'll start being nice or, you know, no. And that involves communication. That involves talking to one another about how things are landing for you, how things are coming across, how you interpret certain phrases. I think another thing that might be a good baby step for people is just to ask, what's something I can do today Yeah, that would foster you know, a good relationship between us? Right. What's one thing that we can do for each other today? Yeah. And what, how, 
does that affect my communication? Like what's one baby step that I can take in communication? Well, that's what I'm saying is that that is communicating is asking for that. Right. You know, that's the beginning of your communication is, is actually saying like, what, what's something that I can do for you today? Mm-hmm. That's a communication. Oh yeah. Asking the other person. Right. Yeah. How yeah. can I be awesome for you today? Right. Or, and some people that is, you might be at a place in your relationship where you're so off the wagon. So it might be just a tiny little baby step of a nicety. Right. Just like you That's kind of what I was saying. If that resentment is already residing in, in that relationship, it's very difficult to kind of open yourself up to being the one that makes the initial move. Right. You know? But I think if you're both saying, look, here's something that you can do for me. Here's something I can do for you today to start the ball rolling. Yeah. That begins your communication. Absolutely. Yeah. It's starting to have different types of conversations. Like when have you ever asked each other that? Exactly. Probably never. Exactly. So it's starting from that place. You can even blame it on us <laughs> and say, you could say something like, babe, I know that things have been really different since, you know, since fill in the blank. We moved here since we had the baby, since whatever. And I really miss you and I want to connect with you. And I heard this really cool idea on this podcast I listened to. And they were talking about starting off their day, just saying, how how can I be awesome for you today? Or how can I show you love today? Yeah. And what would you think about that if we asked each other, you know, or even if if I asked you? Yeah. You know, what would you think about that? And they might have some really interesting insight for you, or they might go, I don't know, that feels a little bit weird. Okay. Well, what, what do you think? What would be a cool way for us to start connecting again? And at least you're in a conversation now. At least you're saying, I value your opinion. I value what's going on for you. Or maybe we can talk about this more on date night, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So there you have it. A couple of items to focus on. Again, be sure to grab last week's freebie because there are some great journaling entries there that you can start looking at your own personal opportunities to start fostering some of these great connections and get your name on that relationship list, thejoyjunkie.com slash relationship. If you know you want to put some real strong effort into this arena, even if I've had people do courses like this with me, I, albeit years ago, where they wanted to make sure if they were going to end the relationship, like they were kind of at that place, like, am mm. I in, am I out? Yeah. They wanted to know they did everything in their power. They really wanted to say, you know what, I gave it a strong go. Yes. And I've had people who are really happy and they want to continue to nurture that. Or people who are happy in a lot of areas, but they just have a hard time with communication. And they just need some tweaking and some different skill sets in order to get through to each other a little bit more powerfully. So it can be applicable to lots of different areas of relationships. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to add, baby doll? No, I think I've said enough. Okay. Well, you've been very helpful. And I love Thanks. love having you on this show. I love being on the show. Yay. Thanks for having me. We're right at about five years. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. It's, it's crazy. It really is. Five years of the podcast. We have come so far. In fact, yeah. I remember at one point when we were doing the pod, I think I did, I retired all of my relationship courses. Uh-huh. And now no. I'm going, they're going to be way better and way more infused with stuff I've been studying and I'm just excited. I'm so excited. I love that. It's totally possible. All right, guys. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Out.